We should end with a fun fact. That'd be fun. But we don't have a fun fact. Fun fact, it took us six or seven tries to be the start of this episode. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> On which note, hello everyone, and welcome <laughs> to the very first episode of Transparent Dishwasher Egg, a podcast where we talk about things. My name is Alfie Webb. My name's Tom Kittle, and today we have two very special guests. You feel, should feel very special. Uh, Ollie Will. Hello. Hello, that's me. I feel very special. I do. Yeah, how are you feeling about being on the premiere podcast? I feel episode? pretty good. Like, it's kind of an honour. It's kind you of an honour. It's a big honour. <laughs> and we also have Thomas Dollage. How are you today, Thomas? Hello, that's me. I'm good. I am also feeling very special and I'm really excited about Good. Translation Dishwater Egg. Alfie, would you like to introduce today's topic? Yes. The thing we are talking about today is the education system. Exams, schools, all that stuff. Um, this is basically brought on by the fact that lately, as I'm sure many of you are aware, are aware um, the uh, exams here in the United Kingdom have been cancelled, sort of, maybe, but we don't know. And <laughs> prompted by that, we are going to be talking all about uh, exams, whether they are good or bad, and um, and what could be done to make them better. So, I thought we'd start off by uh, maybe... Maybe going round the round the room. We're not in a room. Going round the the room um, and asking, do you think exams are a fair measure of students' ability? Ollie, why don't you start us off? Okay. Uh, I feel like I feel like it's a difficult question because um, personally, I mean, no one likes exams, right? Not really. No, no one really likes exams. Some people maybe, but I feel like um, they they are a way, aren't they, to measure to measure your ability? Um, and they do. They've been they've that been in true. place for uh, <laughs> they they are a way. They've been in place for so long. Yeah. And I feel like people just think that they're kind of like a like a tried and tested method, you know. Mm. And people are just comfortable with them. And it's sort of it's become normality to test students' abilities based on a set of exams throughout like a month or, or like just over, um, and and sort of base their entire ability on on those on those specific like pieces of paper, mm. which to me, if you if if you really think about it, doesn't seem normal. It's become normal. And in my head, it's kind of like, yeah, that's just the norm. That's the, that's what we do. But if you really think about it, it seems kind of odd. Yeah. To base someone's entire ability on that on this one month, like I know people are always like, oh, it's not the be all and end all. Exams on on everything. So maybe you're not assessing their entire ability. But it often feels like you are. It feels as a student, it feels like that's when your entire ability is going to get judged. That's when, like, you as a person is going to get judged on those pieces yeah. of paper for a month. That is, that is kind of the way it works. And I, I think you've, crazy. you've hit, uh, Seems crazy. You hit kind of the nail, nail on the head there in that this is the same system, more or less, 
that's been in place for what the past 40 50 years you know mm. assessing people in exams at the end of their education and just because it's been going on that long doesn't necessarily mean it's the right way those are the kind of hard-hitting questions we'll be asking on transparent dishwasher <laughs> egg. Um, I think that it has adapted though, hasn't it? it there used there used to be a lot more coursework in mm. exams, but th a lot of that's been taken out. Um, so they have changed, yeah. but have they changed in well, the right way? Because yeah, they've it... kind of changed and then changed back in that um, it used to be in the kind of what, 70s, I don't know, what is time, but um, it, it was mm. like you have today, it was the all end of end of course uh, exams and that, that was everything and kind of coursework was introduced and then removed again in the last uh, decade or so by the Conservatives. That's right. Well, to me it almost feels like, it almost feels like they've changed in the wrong way. Mm. Because I was just saying how like weird it is that we're assessed on, on those single things, but in the past, and I say in the past, I mean literally like a couple years ago, or a few years ago, you'd have all this coursework as well that goes alongside it, so it shows all of your work you've been doing over the, mm. over a couple of years. Which to me, seems more fair yeah. than, than just having it all in one month. I know people are going to have different opinions on yeah. that, but to me that feels like it would be more fair. So I feel like for me they've changed in the wrong, in the wrong way. Do you, do you yeah. think it's more accurate, and this is kind of to everyone, do you think it's more accurate to assess someone over the course of their whole time studying a qualification or at the end when they're kind of in theory at their the peak of their performance when they've kind of had a chance to to go through some ups and downs and come out the other side do you think which thomas what do you what do you reckon um well i actually think it's the former is a lot better way to to assess people as they progress because that way your teachers and tutors the people who are teaching you and are testing you on all mock exams and how to get to see you learn they know best and they if they get to see you progress they know what your they know your abilities they know what you're good at and what you're bad at they are they're probably like the best judgment on how good you are something so they will probably be able to predict you they will probably be able to kind of they will know your ability better than the exam will dictate interesting that's what it's I think. interesting so, so this, you kind of be saying that um we exams are entirely unnecessary we should just let teachers grade well I don't think they're unnecessary I think we should still have exams because they're very important, otherwise um, it's obviously there can be bias and all sorts of things like that but I don't think this should be the sole um, the sole thing that dictates your grades, I think there should be other factors that are brought into it Okay So kind of, it's kind of like this year where you've kind of got what might be some kind of assessment but then that's also backed up by teacher evidence and other stuff that you don't yeah. do in the year. I think the exam boards and the government—they they might, they probably won't, but they should—they should come up with a way that uses both exams, teacher judgment, and things like that um, to kind of all together a new way of probably assessing your grades based on your history, your progress in an exam, and your your, your ability 
as judged by teachers as well. I think it should all kind of be thrown together into this new way that we judge students that should hopefully be a lot more fairer. That's interesting. A kind of blended <laughs> approach. Because yeah. I think one of the problems with exams is that it's a very kind of narrow, one might almost say artificial skill set that they're assessing. I think that's an interesting point, maybe. What skills do we think exams are assessing? And are those the skills that, it, that should be assessed to determine a student's grade? Memory. Memory? They're, they're just they're asking you to remember stuff, aren't they? That is <laughs> a large just, element of it. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a big part of it, yeah. I suppose it's not all of it. There's also the ability to recognise an exam question. And, you know, that's why you do exam practice, isn't it? So you know what kind of question you're answering, you know how to answer it. But even that in itself doesn't seem like a useful skill to have, like knowing how to answer exam questions. That's only really useful up until you've done your exams, surely. Yeah, exactly. After that, after that when are you going to use that again? <laughs> yeah. So, so they, you're gone. Maybe they also have, like, exams bring other skills. Like, you might hate sitting in an exam hall for two hours because you feel really pressured but then maybe that's a skill that you, you learn like being under pressure and then you can take that forward like then you can work under pressure mm. yeah that's true, yeah, true. That's that, a good is, point. that could be true it's a it's quite a different environment than most people would be expected to work in it's not often you'll be in a job where you're not allowed to discuss ideas or communicate with others and you have a, a yeah. time limit of two hours to complete a task. That is unusual. And I but think I suppose I suppose working under pressure is Yeah. Is is a is a good skill to have if you're gonna have it. Mm. It's probably gonna be worth it because at some point in your life you you're, you're gonna feel pressure <laughs> at some yeah. point in your life. So I mean, if you if you've learned to cope with it then I suppose that's good. But there, there is certainly a lot of pressure involved in exams. Um, <laughs> I have a statistic here oh. from the Ofqual website. Yeah. I'm going to quote from quote from them now. Ofqual being the Office for Qualifications. Research has suggested that around 15%, that's one five, of GCSE students may fall into the category of being highly test anxious. For these students, their levels of stress and anxiety are high enough that their well-being and exam performance can be negatively affected. When, when was that? Wow. Does it have a date on that? That is 2014. Okay. Because I, I would expect so, it to be a lot higher. I was yeah, going to say, I, that, that seems low to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there have been a lot of changes to exams since that uh, figure. Yeah. We've also, I feel like as a, as a society, got more aware of things like anxiety actually affecting things. I'm not, mm. not sure specifically in the last six years if, if there's been a lot of changes, but... I, I know that we've definitely become more aware of it. Yeah. I think mental health is a whole other kettle of worms that we're <laughs> going to have to do a whole other episode on at some point. Yeah. That's yeah. the wrong expression. Kettle of... What? Kettle, kettle of, of worms? worms. <laughs> What's that? Can, can of worms, of worms? And kettle... Can of worms, kettle of fish. Okay. I've never <laughs> heard kettle of fish. <laughs> I've never <laughs> heard kettle, kettle of fish. fish. Boiling a fish. <laughs> In a kettle. No, kettle of fish, that's an expression. Never to, heard to, it. To pick what? <laughs> a kettle with fish in. As in, really? as in like, that's a whole other kettle of fish. <laughs> like, like another like, subject. Oh. Yeah, like, yeah, like we're talking about education and we've got onto mental health and we're like, oh, that's a whole other kettle of fish. You just compared well, mental I'll health to a kettle with fish in. Okay, I swear. 
Okay, listeners, <laughs> go on. Write in and tell us. Comment. Have you heard kettle of fish? <laughs> put in, put in the comments. Have you heard kettle of fish? We want to know. We do. I, I do. I really do. Because three quarters of us haven't. I'm going around. Okay, so, um, that being a whole other fish worm boiled tea. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. get mm. get back to wherever the hell we were a minute ago. Um. Um. Exactly. Oh, memory. We mentioned memory. Yeah. That was the thing. Um, exams are a lot about memory, aren't they? That's the thing. So, I remember like English a... lit, having to remember so oh, many quotes. quotes. Yeah. That was ridiculous. I feel like exams could be made. That I mean, this is a very specific example of English lit, but they could just make it so much easier. They just let you take the book into the exam. Mm. Like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It's a lot more about remembering what to write more than thinking how you how to write it yeah yeah it's like yeah. You, you in class like especially with english literature because the quotes are the same the quotes never change in maths the numbers can change all the time but true you can formulate answers to so many questions in class it's then a game of who can memorize the most answers that they worked out before yeah that is literally it. that is what i'm sorry that's what i spent most of my I'm revising English lit actually doing was just flashcards memorizing quotes. Yeah, I probably probably should have spent more time in English lit doing that to be honest. Yeah. I think English English lit being largely about remembering quotes and me going into the exam knowing one or two maybe about a balcony or something. I I think that's probably (laughs) one of the biggest problems of exams. They create such a specific scenario that's Mm. so unlikely to ever experience in real life. You're never going to be asked to analyse a play without the play in real life. Yeah. You're never going to be asked. <laughs> you're never going to be asked to calculate it in real life. Things like that. They test. While it's good to have those skills, they sh- that shouldn't be 100% of the exam. I just don't think it's fair. Because it's so arbitrary. Such an, because it's so arbitrary, such an artificial yeah, environment. Yeah. What, what things could you do you think could be implemented, Thomas? Well, like what think, other forms of assessment? Oh, it's it's difficult because I think exams are probably still you're gonna have to assess it with exams, but I just think they could teach you in a different way. Rather than teaching you to remember quotes and just write them down, they could teach you how to actually give you the actual play in the exam and actually teach you to analyse it yourself and like things uh, things like that. So I think they could give you more resources in the exam, and rather than teaching you to answer specific questions, teach you how to use resources. Because that's you're never going to be without resources. You're always going to have something to help you, whether it's mm. the internet, books, whatever. Um, you're always going to have that in real life. So rather than teaching you to rely on memorized things, I think you should be taught in 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 this context of your exam subjects of how to use what you've got available to you in the most efficient way yeah I think that would be beneficial yeah I think there's a quote from that sorry go on uh, I think there's a quote from Einstein somewhere about how if you ever memorise something that you could just look up you've wasted your memory yeah yeah I've seen that yeah Um, sorry what were you going to say Ollie I was just going to say on the topic of always having resources have you guys ever had 
because I feel like this is like a common experience. You ever had someone say to you, like a math teacher in like primary school, and be like, "Don't use your calculator because you're never going to have a calculator in real life." And it's like, am I not? I mean, back in two thousand and seven, that was that might have been a fair point. But, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I suppose, <laughs> but I feel like people still say it today. But when you're, say, you have a job where where maths is involved in like everyday life, like an for your job, like like you're an, you're an accountant. Yeah, exactly. Your your boss or whatever isn't going to say, I want you to do these complex mathematical uh, equations, but I don't want you to use a calculator. Because you're not going to have a calculator. Because you're not going to have those in real life. <laughs> it's like, no, they want that job to be done as, as quickly and as efficiently as possible, right? They're going to give you some kind of ca- calculator. It's probably going to be like software. It's, it's going to be like a, a computer. It's not going to be like a calculator, but you're going to have something. Oh, I mean, yeah. you, could just, <laughs> it's a ridiculous you could just phrase. use your Casio Classwiz FX nine nine one EX. <laughs> I love how you have that on hand. So you he's have it in your he hand. has got a calculator in real life. See? <laughs> you know what? I got it as well. <laughs> Why do all three of you have your Classwiz? All the time. Proven them okay. We've all I don't have my I don't have my Classwiz, but I do have my phone, which also wow. has a calculator on it. Hashtag not sponsored Crazy. by Casio, by the way. Although we could be. Casio. <laughs> Although we could be. You know. Hit us up. Casio, hit us up. We've got a podcast. We're big fans of your calculators. Yeah, we use them all the time. And we are sellouts. Yeah. <laughs> what were we talking about? Exams, right? I think, uh, well, with, with Ollie exams. With saying, he, he even said, like, it's going to be a computer kind of thing. So... Mm. Are all the are these math skills that we're learning going to be completely irrelevant in ten years' time when everything's automated? I think it's more the kind of principle of um, logic and problem solving and stuff. Mm. It's, it's I well I think the idea is that you're learning these specific skills that then have secondary applications that you kind of learn almost by osmosis whilst you're learning the real skills. Um, but I think that's kind of a weird system in that. If they wanted to teach us logic and problem solving, they could just teach us logic and problem solving instead of teaching us how to integrate differential equations and whatnot. Yeah, I think that's kind of what Thomas was saying as well about like having the skills to be able to tackle something, not having to memorize an answer. Yeah, because currently, I, I, this has certainly been my experience. I don't know what, what you guys think. Um, when you're going through school, you're always learning stuff for the sake of the exam not for the sake of the content and I don't mean that just in the kind of um, this is what's going to be in the exam at the end make sure you know it so you can do well in the exam it's the whole kind of philosophy of the thing is we are learning this because it's in an exam and we are learning it in this way because it's an exam. And the whole style of teaching is geared towards getting students to do well in the exam. And that that's kind of encouraged by the system because exams are used not just to grade individual performance, but to grade the school and the teacher. Um, mm. But I don't know whether that's the best way. It kind of depends on what we think the goals of the education system are. Are they just to do this kind of exam factory, get a grade out at the end? Or are there real skills and... Uh, knowledge that we're trying to impart to students that we should be focusing on. I don't know what the answer is, but I mean, um, yeah, I think it's a really good point. I, I think that's why we're in such a weird position right now. Why we're in such a weird situation? Because 
now we're not working towards an exam. I mean, we're still going to have yeah. some kind of assess assessment thing, like mocks or something like that. I don't know. Obviously, no one's really really sure on it. But no one's told us we're not thing. working towards a, a set of final exams anymore. And I still get teachers saying to me, like, oh, you need to learn how to do this kind of structure because it will get you more marks in the exam. And then, like, checking themselves themselves and being like, oh, no, actually, it won't because you're not having them. Yeah, it's so it's weird. Like, it's so weird. So like, what are we? <laughs> what are it we? Feels you know, what so are we working mental. towards? Just it's being. So, it's oh. so odd. Because we've learned for so many years this exam structure and how to answer these specific exam questions, yeah. and it's almost like, well, we're not anymore. So, yeah. Why did we do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's it's really weird, feeling like I don't really know why I'm learning this. Other than just because I want to know it, um, it's a strange feeling, and I think I think it shouldn't feel strange, and I think it's kind of a failure of the system that it does feel strange, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. In answer to your original question, Alfie, I think I've forgotten what it was. System is <laughs> in its best interest to provide people with those skills, like, like you said, um, but I think it's just become just exam centered get a good grade and that's what that's what it's become now that's all any any um like teachers and the people and the government of course it's all it's, it's the only focus now is to get a good grade all of that learning and getting skills for life has kind of gone out the window i feel like now mm. it's like they in the process of trying to optimize for an exam-based system, they lost sight of what the exams were meant to be measuring in the first place. Yeah. But maybe we've become so fixated on the exam being the end goal that we're actually, actually subconsciously picking up skills that might help. I'm not. I'm not defending anyone like the government here. Oh yeah, Bob's. But like socialising with other people. <laughs> Like we might not think, oh, that's going to help us in the future, but it is. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that should be kind of more explicitly stated that that's a goal of the education system. Rather, it's it's often seen like um, the goal is the exams, and anything you're doing that's not to do with the exams is a waste of time. Like oh my god, yes. But the so the yes, socialising and the learning how to be a human is a goal of itself. And it's a very important one. Does anyone else get that, like, constant feeling of guilt if you're doing anything that isn't work or revising? Yes. Like, you've been, like, you've been, like, revising or doing work all day and then you decide to do something else. And in the back of your mind, there's just always, like, this little little feeling of guilt. It's like, you should be revising now. Mm. So you're going to fail. This is a waste of time. What is this giving you? Like, what are you gaining from this? Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm, I just want to, like, relax for a minute. Yeah. But you just constantly got this feeling. It's like any, and I feel like that's something that we've developed because of yeah. <laughs> because of these. It these exam, the exams you know, encourage you crazy. to look at things in a kind of quantitative way. Like if you can't measure mm. what you're getting out of something, then it's not worth anything. Which is definitely Most not true. And I think that we've yeah. all found it to be not true in lockdown, being away from socialising and friends and all of this, all of the parts of school that are kind of taken for granted and seen as not important but they really are yeah 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, this is one of my personal bugbears, but I think um, the curriculum that we have at school is kind of... It needs to be altered to kind of reflect the changes that have happened in the past four decades or so. You know? Like, why is English literature yeah. compulsory? Why? It's a hangover from classics <laughs> and, you know, old public school yeah. education. It's There's no reason why it's abs- why every teenager in the country needs to study a Shakespeare play. Like, if you're interested in literature, then sure you can study a Shakespeare play, but no one should be forced to study a Shakespeare play, because it doesn't have any more intrinsic value than the optional subject, in my view. No, I agree. I think English language should be compulsory, because everyone yeah, needs to you know, good... learn to read and write and construct an argument. That's important, but not English literature. Yeah, I, that, that's, that is a good point. It's, it's never really dawned on me. <clears throat> I've never really thought about the fact that English lit is compulsory. It's one of yeah. those compulsory subjects, isn't it? That you have to do at GCSE. Not not at A level, but at GCSE you have to do English language and English English lit. And like you say, English language mm. makes sense. Those are important skills for everyone. But English I feel lit, like this yeah. whole episode has just been us bullying <laughs> English that? literature <laughs> teachers everywhere. <laughs> like, I'm really sorry, guys. No, we don't. It's not the intention. But yeah, like you say, though, if you're interested, if you're interested in English lit, a hundred percent, go for it. Learn about it. It's the same as same as most subjects. I think any subject you're taking, if you're interested in it, then it's definitely worth taking. That's my opinion. If you're going to enjoy it and, and it's, you're going to gain something out of it because you're interested, absolutely go yeah. for it. I. What subjects do we think should be compulsory? I know we're going on a bit of a tangent here, but oh, it's our podcast, so I don't. I feel mm. tangents. We love tangents. <laughs> Talking of which, maths should be compulsory. Maths, yeah. Maths. Well, should some parts of maths be compulsory and some parts are not? Because you still have mm. core maths, don't you? So in a way, maths is compulsory. No, I'm, that's what I'm just going to say. Maths is compulsory at GCSE. Oh, you agree with the fact that it should be? Yeah. Because obviously, talking, like, I mean, things like area. Right. Like, at some point in your life, you're going to need to measure the area or something. Yeah. Mm. But probably but, only in a, in a very simplistic way, like... You know, yeah. Yeah, I feel... Like, way. integrating and yeah. solving yeah, I mean, exponentials is, is that I mean, yeah. quite necessary. I mean, we didn't do that at GCSE, to be fair, but I do get what you mean. I feel like there should be, like, a kind of... I think you're right. I think there should be like a, a kind of core maths. Um, I know that's a word they use at A level, but at, at GCSE there should be a kind of core maths that's more about problem yeah. solving and logic and basic because number skills. I think at GCSE, if you're lucky enough to like really know 100% what you want to do in life, and it's had absolutely nothing to do with maths, and you like you're already doing well, and you know you're going to pursue that area, then why should you be forced to take maths? Yeah, like mm-hmm. you should take some kind of core math so you have basic skills, but you should do, do the subject that you want to pursue. Yeah, yeah. There is a kind of there is a subject that I would introduce that currently doesn't really exist, and I would make it compulsory. Yeah, and I realize I realize this is just going to devolve into me ranting about how I would change the country <laughs> if I was. Prime minister. <laughs> um, but um, I'd call it something like citizenship. And I know that sounds really boring, but I think it. I think it, a primary goal 
of the education system should be to make teenagers into effective and engaged citizens of the country. Teach them about how the political system works, how the House of Commons mm. works, how the House of Lords works, how taxes work, how the economy works, different views on the economy. Because how can they be informed members of society and have opinions on those things if no one ever taught them about it? Like, yeah, that's very true. How can people demand yeah. House of Lords reform if no one taught them what the House of Lords is and how corrupt and stupid it is? Personal opinion, not fact. <laughs> <laughs> You know? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I was going to yeah. say, as my contribution, I was going to say there should be some kind of compulsory um, economy kind of class. I know that I know that like economics is a thing, and I know business is a thing, but there should be some kind of compulsory uh, economics class that teaches you, like you say, how to pay your taxes, how to uh, deal with your money, what to use it for, maybe like. I don't know, just giving yourself a secure future yeah. with your money. Because that's so important. That's like yeah. one of the most important things that people should be taught, in my opinion, it, well, also, is money. It, also, it gets thrown at you, doesn't it? You, you leave A-level hardly knowing anything and you get thrown into a university setting where you're thrown into student debt. Yeah. You suddenly have to take a loan of... of yeah, 27 grand yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> and you know nothing about yeah. it. That's crazy. I hadn't thought about um, it. Properly. It should definitely be taught. It should, in my opinion, definitely should be taught. I agree with you yeah. all the way. But I do agree with your, with your, um, that people should be taught about, like, the houses, the House of Lords, House of Commons. Mm. Uh, at, at the very base, should be taught how important their vote is and how to vote. Yeah. And the, that, that would take maybe one lesson. <laughs> But that should yeah. definitely be taught to people. Yeah. But I, <laughs> Absolutely. I think that should be a... I think I would have it a significant proportion of curriculum time from, like, primary school all the way up to A-level would just be, mm. you know, learning about society and politics and give, uh, giving people the tools they need to have informed opinions on issues that matter. Because how can we have scrutiny of the government if people, yeah. the citizens of the country yeah. don't understand how it works. <laughs> well, we that re really turned into a soapbox um, for me there. I'm sorry, guys. Now we're talking about government. It always comes back to the government. Yeah, but, yeah it does. <laughs> Every government. politics. Strong opinions on the government. <laughs> yeah. God. Um, as much as I don't want to piss anyone I guess, well, do have strong opinions about the government. Yeah. You, we all have opinions, as you've probably told. Um, and you should have yours too. Tell us in the comments what Imagine you me. think of the government. <laughs> 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 oh dear. To be honest. Maybe education related. <laughs> to be honest, I feel like you can't be involved in politics without pissing some people off. So maybe. Yeah. Maybe I should. I, maybe I shouldn't be so worried about it. But. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between pissing some people off because you have a different opinion to them, and like. Just being an Hate speech. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's definitely a line. Yeah, I think some people don't. It's not even get a fine line. There's, there's a yeah, no, line. it's it's like a. There's a like, it's like, there's like a demilitarized zone with landmines and like <laughs> a no man's okay. land. Yeah, hate speech and politics. On that note, um, does anyone have anything they want to add before we start wrapping this thing up? Any kind of closing thoughts? 
I guess. Um, of fish. Oh god, here we go. Kettle I have a closing thought. Gonna, it's going to stick with you, Alfie. I have a closing thought. Yeah, go and on. If it's, if it's uh, completely unrelated and stupid, you're welcome to cut it out. This bit right now that I'm saying. But. <laughs> I want to know. Where your name for this? Where the name for this <laughs> podcast came from? I want to know, because I don't know. I'm sure the viewers equally want to know. Yeah, and I feel like as the first episode, maybe you guys could enlighten us. Well, yeah, that's, all that's all the time that we have. That's all the time we have. That's another kettle of fish. <laughs> that's another kettle of worms. We're not getting into that one. <laughs> right. Um. Well, thank you all for listening very much. I've been Alfie Webb. Thank you very much, Ollie Will and Thomas Tollich, for joining us on, the, for, on the debut. Thanks for having me. Thank you for having us. It's, it's quite right. It's been a pleasure. Who have you been, Tom? I've, I've been Tom, you know, <laughs> just chilling here. Nice. Still thinking about your kettle of fish. Nice. <laughs> shall, we, shall we end on a fun fact? Let's, let's hear it, Alfie. Fun okay. fact. Where did the name for your podcast come from? Nope, nope. <laughs> your fun fact for today is that the colour purple was invented by the Russian Mafia during the Cold War in order to throw off American spies into thinking that their flag was a communist. Intriguing. What? Wow. Yeah. Bye! The colour purple. <laughs> okay.